BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Oh, yeah, it's level three. This is Sports Rage. I am Morenci. Tony Finn came with us just for a couple more moments. Always appreciate uh, Tony's time. Shout out to everybody uh, joining us, wherever you may be. Shout out to our boy Adam, who appreciates us uh, stepping up and in on a nightly basis. We like to bring it. Um, all right, so uh, we're, we're talking baseball uh, with Tony. Um, so I was talking about Seattle, Tony. They're plus 168 overnight with Flaxen against Valdez. Houston just started messing these guys up. So Seattle lose tonight, but they do get Luis Castillo. And I guess Castillo will pitch on Monday, Tony. If everything goes according to plan, that's when he would be up next. Um, what do you What do you think? We've only got a couple of minutes here, so I'll just throw you the board. What do you like tomorrow on the diamond? Well, I tell you, I have one. I have two plays tomorrow. One of them is. Uh... One of them's a big play, and I, I really like fading ball. I like Lauer and Milwaukee tomorrow. That is the team that tonight helped me bunch by scoring two runs in the top of the ninth. And I think it was two. <laughs> yeah. So I have, I have minus one and a half. I have minus two, and I have minus three. I had alternative lines on that game, and, and they had a chance to, to, to get another one in the top of the ninth. I thought, if they get this, and I'm going to have to go to church on Sunday because I'm blessed, you know. But – I like Lauer. I'm playing against Pavetta, Gabe. Against Pavetta, he's injured. Look at his numbers. Look at his velo. His fastball is almost two miles an hour less. Uh, yeah, but, you know, each game it's gotten worse and worse. And this Boston team's hurting starting pitch wise. That's, that's, they're, they're my fading ones and a fairly large play. The largest I, at least the largest I issue out to my clients. Wow. We appreciate yeah. you sharing it with us. I agree. I can't disagree yeah. with it. What, what else are you looking at? Uh, the other one I would be looking at was, again, I played the – I got fortunate tonight. I had a nice little 14 parlay with the Cubs, and the Cubs tried to – they're up 4 nothing going into the ninth, and and, uh, and and San Fran gets it to two-run homer, then, then there's a double, and the, the time runs at the plate. And I'm talking to you, and I want to say to you, I'm saying, man, I'm going to have a meltdown here if, if, this, if they don't win this game. I'm going to melt down. Um, but they went a nice 14 parlay, pays me 8.5 to 1. I uh, had them at buck 25 as a dog, two straight up, and I like them again. I like this Cubs team because you said it. I'm fading. This San Francisco team is just – they're just awful. They are stuck on awful right now. They can't do anything right. They're horrible defensively. Their bullpen's falling apart, and they can't score. Look at the RSIP for them tonight. They had nine, ten hits when the Cubs had three, but they can't – they just can't bring any – they can't get a big hit, and you've seen that. Many, many times from these Giants over the years. So, just it's it's a straight. It, hey, tell me this: Have you ever seen a 107 team or 107 win club be who they are this quickly in this short amount of time? Basically, one season, less than nine months later, this team's not going to finish 500, in my opinion. 
Yeah, no, historically you're right. It's it's rare to yeah. see something like this. Last year was just such an anomaly, I think. Uh, I agree. Them. Yeah. You know, yeah. It was just one of those special years, right? Uh, as we talked about, sometimes you got to ride the wave. So, like, look, last year we ever, we kept waiting for them, right? Oh, they got to regress. They got to regress. They got to regress. They got to regress. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they did yeah. finally in October. Hold on. <laughs> okay. All right, let's do this thing. It's level three. This is Portrait. I am Arantzi. We got just a couple more minutes with Tony Finn here. Shout out to everybody uh, tuning in in SoCal, San Diego, Los Angeles, up and down the coast. Um, Tony Finn uh, in Vegas right now. So, uh, Major League Baseball, I agree with Tony's assessment looking at the overnight baseball card here that the Boston Red Sox continue to be a fade. And the Red Sox, actually, and the Giants are sort of similar and in different circumstances. But... Um, Boston trending in the wrong direction right now, and San Francisco are trending in the wrong direction right now. And then you look at Washington, Tony. Washington had been, like, just disastrous and terrible going into the All-Star break. They come out of it. They get to Los Angeles. So, basically, Washington beat the Dodgers and no one else. It was one of those weird little blips on the radar. And now they get they get pumped again here tonight. And, you know, I know you're not the biggest Cardinals fan and backer, but – Dude, Washington lose every game. I don't know what happened at Chavez Ravine for a couple of nights there, but they lose all the time. What do you think about the Cardinals? Minus 162. And it's funny. I just saw it at like 54 or 56, and it just popped up. The number's going up here overnight. Right. Well, first, uh, I was – the Cardinals were a part of my four-team parlay tonight. I, I would have played them. So I thought they were a little overpriced, but I thought they'd win, so I threw them in the parlay tomorrow. Uh, I'm not a big Fed fan, Fetty fan. Uh, Hudson is a, a guy who pitches to contact, and he seems to always out-pitch – his peripherals, uh, hard contact, et cetera, et cetera. I like St. Louis tomorrow again. I think this is a game that you that, that you I think you're safe playing minus one and a half on on Hudson getting plus ten. What do you think about San Diego and Minnesota? Well, uh, Mus- Musgrove minus one thirty two yeah. seems like a short price here. It seems like a short price. Musgrave was not very good last time out, and I'm concerned a little bit. He's lost a little bit on his velo, too. Is he is he a little tired? They're trying to sign him to a big deal, and if you're going to play a, a dog tomorrow, Minnesota with Sunny Gray. Sunny Gray's been really good, and a buck twenty, buck twenty-five on the on the Twins would be my play on, in that game tomorrow. Interesting total, seven and a half uh, there. Something to keep our eye on, too, guys, with the trade deadline coming now, right? With Washington playing tomorrow night. You know what I mean? You bet you bet on yep. them now. If you take the Cardinals now, maybe Soto gets dealt tomorrow, right? You know, maybe yep. he gets dealt before the game, etc. So, I, if I wouldn't play them if I was them, I think it's nuts that they're even, like, I don't know why they keep rolling them out now at this point. You know you're trading them. Shut them down. Tony, it's always a pleasure. Tony Finn, wager talk on Twitter. Rock on, Tony. Great stuff. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. 
Friday Night Freak Show continues. This is Sportsrage. I am Ramsey, Sirius XM Channel 159. I'm out here 1090 ESPN Radio. Let's bring in Rob Vino. Rob Vino, sports.com, wagertalk.com. Rob Vino joins us from the city of brotherly love. Rob, it's always a pleasure, my man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Hey, thanks for having me, Gabe. So the countdown to kickoff uh, is on. The National Football League preseason kicks off on Thursday night. And the Major League Baseball trade deadline is on Tuesday. But the biggest and best available pitcher um, that was on the market is no longer on the market. Luis Castillo acquired by the Seattle Mariners. Um, we've heard, you know, talks that the Mariners are going to be aggressive uh, with the deadline approaching. They've been connected and, um, you know, want to many teams that have been rumored to be interested in Juan Soto, but they pull the trigger on Luis Castillo. How much does this help the Seattle Mariners moving forward? Well, you look at the starting staff now, Gabe, and you have to say that they should be able to avoid any prolonged losing streak. I mean, Castillo probably goes to the head of the class, right? Logan Gilbert, Robbie Ray, Marco Gonzalez, Chris Flexen, all of those guys, even though they're not number one aces, all of those guys give you a chance to win any baseball game on any given day. And, you know, it's a team that sits in the two slot right now as far as uh, wild card standings are concerned. So I think the starting rotation certainly is as good as it gets for the wild card contenders. We've talked about the bullpen before. I think the back end of the bullpen is nice. We'll see what they can do from here. I mean, there are some reports that I read that think that maybe they overpaid prospect-wise, um, dealing away your first, third, and fifth rated prospects in the system. But again, you know, Castillo's the proven commodity, and the other guys are 18, 20, and 24 years old. Who knows? And you're also dealing with a situation in a franchise, Rob, that has the longest drought out of any of the four major professional sports of, of making the postseason. You know, that, that's something that can't be, um, you know, that can't be ignored uh, when, it, when it comes to, to making a deal uh, right now. They haven't made the postseason, guys, since 2001. It's a long time not to make the playoffs. Every team in every league has made the playoffs uh, since the Seattle Mariners have, so I don't really have a problem with them sending some prospects. And the fact is, they do have Castillo under contract for, for next year as well now. Right, yeah. Now, that contract is very um, team-friendly, and I tell you, you know, where I sit here about 30 minutes outside of Citizens Bank Ballpark, the Natives are restless because they're the team with the second longest playoff drought. Um, I think the Phillies have gone now 11 years without being in the playoffs, so they're uh, a lot of, you know, fan talk, a lot of um, media talk here the last couple of days is when are the Phillies going to pull the trigger on something. So we'll see. It always takes the first domino to fall. And Castillo may uh, put a lot of things into motion. Gabe, it could get crazy because I was just reading tonight that perhaps the Giants, you know, and of course they came out last night and said they like what they have, but there's some out there that think that Carlos Rodon may be available um, for the right price, considering what these frontline pitchers, Castillo in particular, are bringing back right now. I think the San Francisco Giants need to be re realistic of where they are. And there's so much talk of the Giants wanting to load up next year and, and go and, and go out and get an Aaron Judge who grew up uh, in the area and a San Francisco Giant fan. But I got to tell you, Rob, it's going to be a wild 72 hours, isn't it, man, going into, into Tuesday? No, I really believe it will be because, there's so, you know, the extra wild card team helps all of this game. Major League Baseball did the right thing there, and it makes a lot of teams believe that they are contenders. There are probably less sellers than there would have been in years past. But, you know, you get a lot of leverage if you're a seller nowadays with so many teams coming after players. Um, I think it will be pretty wild, and we'll see. Uh, how this all shakes out by the time you and I speak next week, we'll have a pretty good feel for what the uh, you know last couple of months of MLB will look like personnel-wise. If there's one thing about the, the team in your backyard in the, in the Philadelphia Phillies, it seems to me that they've been incredibly streaky uh, since uh, since Rob Thompson has took it over. Right now, they're in the midst of a three-game uh, win streak. Overnight number right now, uh, Rob at FanDuel, minus 154. Suarez on the, on the bump uh, for the Phils. Meanwhile, Keller goes uh, for, for the Pirates right now. Pirates plus 130. Total is 8.5. Any opinion on the overnight number right now between uh, the Phillies and the Pirates? 
Yeah, you know, big um, win for the Phils here uh, against Pittsburgh in extra innings and now into tomorrow. Mitch Keller is a kid who was really highly touted when he first came up and hasn't lived up to expectations. But recently, we've seen what Pittsburgh saw in Mitch Keller all along and could be a little bit troublesome for Philadelphia here. They made some adjustments in their lineup game, hitting Alec Baum third now because he's been the best hitter on the team um, for the past couple of weeks now. So they're trying to, you know, maneuver without Bryce Harper and with the personnel that they have, and they're doing a pretty good job of it. I think tomorrow, though, you know, Mitch Keller poses a really difficult threat for them. However, you know, when bullpens get taxed the night before, and it happened on both sides here tonight, um, you have to be careful late. And so we, we may try and shave that down to a five-inning play, but I don't have anything definitive on that game yet. Uh, Rob, do the Baltimore Orioles, uh, don't they know? <laughs> Didn't they get the memo that the party was supposed to be over, that they're going to trade players, and it's post, um, post-All-Star post break right now? So they had to deal with the New York Yankees coming out of the break, but they're not they're not fading yet. Listen, I don't think the Orioles are going to have enough when it's all said and done, uh, but it really is amazing that we're approaching August, and here they are two games out of a wild-card spot right now. Yeah, and it is interesting because the injury situation in Tampa Bay, the injury situation in Boston are all creating this for Baltimore inside that division. And um, you're right. You know, when it's a group of young kids and a core group of young kids like Baltimore is, some people, one school of thought is they just don't know any better. They don't feel any pressure. They just go out and play. And that looks to be the you know way the Baltimore Orioles are going about it right now. The bullpen's been really good. The starting pitching's been good enough. The clutch hitting has been good enough. Um, come from behind tonight. So I, I don't see them going away at this point in time until a time where Tampa Bay gets really healthy because they're really banged up. And Boston gets really healthy. Um, They've been dealing with a lot of stuff inside the everyday lineup and inside the starting pitching rotation. Uh, Baltimore, I don't know that they'll be aggressive trade deadline-wise. Why break up what you have going right now? I mean, some would believe if you have the chance, go ahead and grab somebody. But um, I think Baltimore's got a real good thing going right here. They may have to play it out and see what happens. Rob, the dogs have been barking this week on the diamond. A um, lot, lot of big-time teams uh, were losing games earlier in the week. The Yankees game tonight was a real roller coaster. They were up. Uh, they were down. They end up uh, winning 11-5 when it's all said and done. But once again, the Toronto Blue Jays fall short, laying a massive number uh, tonight. The Detroit Tigers uh, get it done. The Oakland Athletics uh, cash a ticket uh, tonight as uh, as big underdogs. It's been a, it's been a tricky week uh, this week, hasn't it been? And what's your feeling on the Blue Jays um, this weekend against uh, the Tigers right now? Striplings on the hill, minus 275 is a massive number to be laying right now with a team that can't really be trusted laying this type of price. Yeah, I think you hit it on the head there. Can't really be trusted. I mean, the results are so different. The first game against the Cardinals this week without Goldschmidt and Arenado winds up 10-3 Toronto. I mean, they did a lot of that damage from the sixth inning on offensively. Made it look a little shaky until then, but they did come away with a huge win. Then they come back the next night again. You've got a good pitching matchup. Um, you're supposed to be able with Kevin Gosman out there. The consistency, I guess, is the word we're looking for. They have their yeah. they lack of consistency with this team. And that makes them hard to bet, right? Because you don't know if you're going to get that 10 to 3 or if you're going to get that minus 325 loss. Um, so right now it's hard to be predictive with them. Um, certainly they have the horses, but they just haven't put things together all season long. Again, it's another case, Gabe, where you know, a month ago or a little over a month ago when Joe Girardi got fired and Philadelphia turned it around, it was, oh, you know, if you fire your manager, you get things turned around. But Joe Madden got fired. Nothing happened in, at, in Anaheim. They got worse. Um, Montoyo gets fired here in Toronto. I don't know that anything's gotten better there. So firing the manager isn't always the answer to these problems. Rob Vino, RobVinoSports.com, WagerTalk.com. Kick it with us on the Late Night Anger Management Class. More with Rob, more rage on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and 
starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Friday Night Free Show continues. This is Portrait, Sirius XM Channel 159, a mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Let's do this thing, the 50,000-watt juggernaut. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. We're breaking it down with Rob Vino, robvinosports.com, wagertalk.com. Rob, before we talk some NFL and a little college uh, football, um, Major League Baseball overnight uh, board right now. I know you do, and like most of us do, all of our research in the overnight uh, hours, uh, but what catches your eye so far? Uh, right now. You know, I wish they would put a number up on Mets-Miami game. It's certainly it's currently off the board, but Carlos Carrasco against the unknown for Miami because they had to put Trevor Rogers on the IL today. He was scheduled to go tomorrow, and Miami is really pitching shy for tomorrow's game. Um, the Mets, certainly, uh, with that victory here tonight against Sandy Alcantara, show that you know, they're a force in the National League, and I really want to play the Mets here, but I have no number to do it against. That's the one that immediately catches my eye. Um, I'll be waiting to see how heavy a favorite Carlos Carrasco is, and I'll find some way to bet the Mets tomorrow. All right, Rob, let's get into, um, and I'm just looking around, and I'm looking around, OTB, 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 and we're not talking off-track betting uh, right now. <laughs> so, uh, Rob, um we had Vinny Bonson, you're on uh, earlier in the program, covers the Raiders. Um, and so we got the Raiders and the Jags. So I guess, you know, we'll just sort of focus. I want to talk to you about Let's start off with the game itself, actually. Do you play the Hall of Fame game? Have you played the Hall of Fame game in the past? Do you wait to see if there's an angle, if you believe there's an angle, or do you pass on the Hall of Fame game? Well, the angle that's been tried and true is really just play under in the Hall of Fame game, right? That seems to be absolute cash for a long, long time now, high percentage play. So perhaps you look that way. I mean, I did go through quarterback depth charts already considering the fact that you probably don't see Trevor Lawrence, considering the fact that you don't see um, Derek Carr, and then you look to the backups. The interesting part of this game, Gabe, which may keep me away where side is concerned, is that you have two first-year head coaches and a preseason theory, so to speak, is a first-year head coach walks in, especially in the case of Jacksonville, tries to create a new culture, a winning culture, and they do that by establishing wins in the preseason. You know, what Urban Meyer left behind was a complete mess. What Doug Peterson has inherited has to be turned around a little bit, and a lot of first-year head coaches during the preseason will use that to try and you know, create a different mindset. Let's win some games and make the guys feel confident. So from that angle, at Jacksonville could be worth a look. But L.A., or excuse me, the Las Vegas has the same thing going on with them. They're in a little better stage, at a little better stage mindset-wise. But um, I may have to lay off side there and just look total. That's been a real profitable play under. It seems like every year it comes out 33 just play it under 33 and cash your ticket. Yeah, you know, we've we've already dug in uh, on this football game as well, and it's still too early to really talk about a side guys here. As we spoke with Vinny earlier, it's not like the Raiders have let anybody know what their intentions are uh, yet for this game. There's an interesting dynamic, though, isn't it, Rob, as well? As you stated, sometimes, you know, when you have a bad team and you have a new coach, 
they do want to win in the preseason. They do want to you know build build a winning culture, so to speak. But you have two coaches who aren't rookie head coaches. They've both been in the league forever, and they've both been head coaches uh, before. So I don't think either of them really need that game ball. Here you go, coach. Here's your first preseason win. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Talking about guys that have won Super Bowls uh, before. You know, if you got a new coach coming in, he's never coached in the NFL or his first time head coach, and you know he'll want that game ball. He'll want to win a preseason game. Um, but as far as the total is concerned, at 33 and a half uh, right now, four of the last five Hall of Fame games have gone under uh, 33 and a half, and seven of the last ten uh, as well. And I got to I got to imagine, Robin, I'll ask you, but I can't imagine the total is ever going to go up, right? So if we're betting the under, what, should we just bet it now, or do you think that uh, there's a chance that maybe it goes up to a 34 or 34 and a half? But I doubt it. I, I, I don't see it. The likelihood isn't good, right? Because all the public money that comes in will cling to what we're talking about right now, the um, most uh, highly uh, highly known trend, which is play under in the Hall of Fame game. So when that money comes in, it can only go down from there. If you if you like it, you play it immediately. And to your point about the two head coaches here, you got track records on both of these guys. I mean, Doug Peterson, 7-9 and nine in the preseason against the spread as a head coach. Josh McDaniels, 1-3. and three. Josh McDaniels maybe with something to prove considering that his tenure in Denver seemed like a failure. And, of course, as I mentioned, Peterson just having to get Jacksonville back from the ashes here after what Urban Meyer left. So it's, it, there's so many back-and-forth arguments, one side of the fence, other side of the fence, that side becomes a real difficult way to play this game. What do you think about the Raiders coming into this season? The win total right now is eight and a half. Um, eight and a half at FanDuel, minus 115 to the over, minus 105 to the under. This team is sort of getting buried in the media, the preseason media predictions due to the depth, right, of, of this division with, with Russell Wilson here now, uh, with, with the Chargers and, and with Mahomes and the Chiefs, yet – the Chargers get hyped every year, Rob, right? How many times? This is their year. Oh, boy, this is the Chargers' year. This is the Chargers' year. I quite frankly think the Raiders are being disrespected. I think this number is a little light here at, uh, at eight and a half for the season win total. What's your take on the Raiders in a general perspective? Yeah, you know, you and I have been aligned on a lot of these NFL, um, you know, preseason outlooks, and I'm aligned with you here as well. I, I get that it's a – Really solid division. We get that Russell Wilson has gotten just a ton of national media attention coming to Denver, talks of Super Bowl and all this other crazy stuff. And, of course, the Chargers make some offseason moves, Khalil Mack and others. But you're right. With the Chargers, it's the same thing every year. Bosa winds up getting injured. Two offensive linemen wind up getting injured. They can never seem to avoid that injury bug. And, you know, we saw with the head coach, Brandon Staley, we saw his coaching attitude last year. He can play his team into losses late in the game with his style of coaching. Go for every fourth down situation. So um, while they're, you know, on paper game, talent-wise, they're probably the best team in that division. But again, on paper in July doesn't necessarily win a division next January. So, um, hey, you know, the Raiders are asking them to be 9-8. and eight. It's a real good team. They got a taste of the playoffs last year. I'm sure they're hungry again. They had the addition of Devontae Adams, which is huge. Um, you know, I'm with you. I think the Raiders can definitely be a 9-8 and eight team. Now, as far as Jacksonville uh, is concerned, you know, it was a disaster last year, obviously, with Urban Meyer. Their win total is six and a half this year. And, I, you know, I can sense improvement with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They've, they have some talent. You know, it's addition through, some, you know, with, 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 through subtraction with Urban Meyer not being there anymore. But six and a half might be a little ambitious for the Jags. What, what's your take on the six and a half? And it's plus 115 to the over. Yeah, and you know why I feel that way, Gabe, is because I almost think that Houston in that same division is in better shape right now than is than are the Jacksonville Jaguars. So if I were going to take a shot on one of the two that are expected to finish in the bottom of the division, it would probably be with Houston. I like what I saw out of Davis Mills last year. I like the way Houston finished the season last year. So to me, they're on a little bit more of an uptick. I would probably favor them if I were going to play one of those two season win totals over the number. Um, it's certainly, you know, Tennessee – 
when they lost A.J. Brown, a lot of people immediately became down on them. But the addition of Matt Ryan in Indianapolis in that division makes them somewhat of a darling right now. They kind of offset each other. If it were me again, I just think Houston's in better shape right now uh, heading into the season than Jacksonville is. So I would probably look to Houston if I was going to play one of those two teams over. It's funny that you mentioned Houston because we'll wrap it up. We've got a couple more minutes with Rob Vino. Uh, I've been talking this week about the Houston Cougars and um, their football team. Win total is eight and a half. Some people think that, you know, maybe they overachieved a little bit uh, last year by winning 12 football games. I really don't see it that way. They're, they're absolutely loaded. They're stacked. They don't play Cincinnati. They don't play uh, UCF in a regular season. So I like the over eight and a half a lot uh, with the Houston Cougars. And I think they're very live to actually win this conference as well at plus 250. Uh, but I can't wait to start talking college football uh, futures uh, with you. I was sort of going through the list last night, and I'm just sort of starting alphabetically. Like, you know, I've already looked at it, but I'm literally going to go through every team alphabetically. And see, Arizona State at six and a half, Rob. That seemed a little ambitious to me. Arizona State, a seven and five football team? I don't know about that. Yeah, because they've had some issues down there. I mean, Herm is supposed to be a guy that doesn't have any issues because he's so straight-laced, but Arizona State continues to have issues. They, they, got, more, <laughs> they got more issues now than they have before. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's absolutely right. And it's, it's kind of strange with him in there. But, um, yeah, I, I'm with you. That Pac-12 is kind of a um, – iffy deal no matter who you side with in that particular thing. I think USC, the more I look at it, USC is just so potent. If Lincoln Riley does anything right there and if anything comes to fruition uh, quickly for them, they may destroy that entire conference. Utah's right there as well. But ASU, I don't know that I can get behind them right now. Can't wait, uh, man. You know, college, we've been talking so much NFL football. We're watching mm -hmm. CFL football, but college football is around the corner uh, right now. And I'm just saying, you know, there's so much work to do. Uh, West Virginia is another interesting team. Their win total is five and a half. And I was thinking, you know what? I like JT Daniels, the quarterback uh, for these guys. But I look at their schedule. I'm not sure where the win's going to come from, actually, for West Virginia. Yeah, and I've got the little question mark next to them, Gabe, because I saw the five and a half, and I like the fact that, you know, they bring in um, the OC to help him out right away, JT yeah. Daniels, so he can continue. And Graham, Graham Harold, yeah, they got the passing yeah. attack, yeah. It all fits, right? It all fits offensively, and we'll see. You know, I did the same thing as you. I went down the schedule and I said, wow, can they get the six? But you know what? In that conference, potentially they can. So um, I have them more on the overside than I do on the underside, for sure. Rob, let's get into some college uh, next week. Rob Vino can be found on Twitter at Rob Vino Sports, uh, RobVinoSports.com, and, of course, WagerTalk.com. Rob, it's always a pleasure, my man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Thanks for having me, Gabe. Always a good time. The Late Night Anger Management Class continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, 
a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. What, what, what we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like us? We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Thanks for Rob Vino. I am Gabriel Moranzi. Sirius XM Channel 159, I'm on here, 1090 ESPN Radio. Shout out to all of our affiliates in the late night hours uh, tonight. We're grinding it. Uh, we're grinding it down. We're counting it down. NFL kickoff is now uh, less than a week away, obviously, with uh, Thursday night preseason football. The Raiders and the Jags. We had Vinny Bonsignor with us earlier. I want to get into the UFC in a couple of minutes uh, here, but. Um, as far as Aaron Judge is concerned, I brought Aaron Judge up uh, earlier. So, of course, Aaron Judge, man, there's a lot of big-time players. They're going to be free agents. Look, Soto is available right now. Uh, if you're just joining us, Scott Boros was was seen in San Diego tonight. So, uh, Boros is the uh, Scott Boros is the agent for, uh, for Juan Soto. And um, he's in San Diego uh, tonight. So, I'm not great at math, but two plus two, right? I think there's a legitimate chance, man, that the Padres end up uh, getting uh, Soto. They're 18-1 to to win a World Series right now. And as I said earlier, it's not so much about will they win the World Series or not, these teams, but it's about getting value. And then it, it, it puts you in a good situation. It puts you in a good situation uh, going into the playoffs. I feel the same way about the college football, um, the college football landscape. Like, to me, like, um, I don't want to bounce around, actually, but I'm going to bounce around right now. Let me just get the odds up here. I want to get this right. Like, Oklahoma, I believe, right? Oklahoma Sooners, are they 50 to 1? It was something ridiculously stupid for Oklahoma, uh, the, the, the national championship odds. Yeah, Oklahoma 50 to 1. That's right. Michigan are 60 to 1. Michigan could win the Big Ten. Like, basically, they'd need to beat Ohio State and Ohio State. Right? That's sort of what it comes down to. But there's a couple of teams here where the odds uh, are just insane. And, like, Oklahoma is a classic example. I think Oklahoma are going to be really good again this year. I don't know why people I, – I, I, I know why people think Oklahoma aren't going to be good because uh, people are idiots. Let's just call it a because people are morons. I love how, like, the, the Oklahoma Sooners won, have been winning national championships forever, right? They won with Switzer. They won with Stoops. They never won with Lincoln Riley, but now people think they're somehow they're worse and they're never going to win again, which, you know. So, basically, look, Oklahoma's 50-1. to 1. Do I think that if they went to the playoffs, they would win the championship? No. But a 50 to 1, you'd put yourself in a great, great, like, head situation, right? At 50 to 1, and getting your team makes it to the final four. So for college football, I think there's, there's, you know, I mean, there's, it's worth it to take a shot if you think the team can make the playoffs, right? That's what you're thinking. Are they going to win? Like, when I look at these, when I talk about a lot of these futures, I, I'm not even talking about can I, are they going to win. It's more like you're investing in in stocks, right? And like put it like if if Oklahoma is ten and zero, and Oklahoma is eleven and zero and twelve and zero going into the Big Twelve championship game and stuff, then they're not going to be fifty to one, are they? Right? Like the number is whacked. The you know, the, the the number is whacked. All right, so let's go back to um, as I was saying. <laughs> as I said earlier, so San Diego is eighteen to one, and uh, St. Louis are forty to one. And the thought is that Juan Soto is going to end up on either St. Louis or San Diego. And between the two teams, I think San Diego. I don't know. They're both San Diego are better than people give them credit for. They're never on national television. People like it's funny how the pe- people work. Like they hyped up. They hyped them up over the last couple of years, and they were a little overhyped. And then since they didn't win, people have sort of forgotten about them. 
but getting Juan Soto would be like serious. Like they're already a dangerous team and have done this without Tatis, right? Like they're they've got danger. They're extremely deep with their pitching. They get timely hitting. They're a clutch team. San Diego are a dangerous team, and they're at eighteen to one. They get Juan Soto. You know, like basically. So you ask yourself: Are San Diego going to make the playoffs? Yes, they are. So in other words, once you're in the playoffs, you've got a chance, right? Okay. So you're telling me there's a chance. So, you know, don't say we didn't uh, tell you before when you see, oh, my God, uh, Soto went to San Diego and now they're 10-1 they're to 1 and they're 8-1. to 1. And as I stated, you put, it puts yourself in a nice situation, right? Then suddenly you've got them at 18-1 to 1 and they're suddenly plus 750 or something like that. And then when they play, you know, in a series or something, you could take the other team, you could wait, you could buy in, you could buy out. Like, you just, it's all about giving yourself options. So it's, 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 that's what we're saying. It's all about options here. All right, so I wanted to get to, to Aaron Judge a little bit because we know that he hits home runs and stuff. I think we might be taking him for granted a little bit right now. And I brought this up briefly earlier, but Aaron Judge now has nine multi-home run games, breaking a tie for the most – um, ever by a New York Yankee in a single season. Think about it. Think about the home run hitters that the Yankees have had over the years. Like, one, you know, one of the greatest home run hitters in the history of the sport, and Babe Ruth. And one of the greatest home run hitters in the history of the sport, and Mickey Mantle. Reggie Jackson. I mean, I could go on. I mean, you know, Derek Jeter was a great player, but he wasn't like a power hitter. Um... That's amazing to me. It's ama- you know what's amazing to me? That in the history of the Yankees, not so much with Aaron Judge, what strikes me about this is the fact that it's like, wow, I can't believe that the all-time record for multi-home run games in a season for the Yankees was only eight. <laughs> like, honestly, that's what I'm surprised. I'm like, wow, and he's got 61 games to go, man. And he's a free agent. Like, I don't know. Like, how do they how do they not let him? I know he said he didn't want to talk about his contract during the season now that it's too late. But if I'm the Yankees, I go back at him now. Right? Just, you know, it's a feel-good story. Get it out of the way before the playoffs and stuff. Come back at him now and say, listen, here's 325. It's $100 million more. But at this point, I think he's going to play the market. But, like, man. But you know what's amazing? So I saw this stat here uh, about uh, about Judge. So here's another offensive one. Aaron Judge, the first player to reach 40 home runs by the end of July since 2001, when Barry Bonds and Luis Gonzalez both did it, and they were both juiced. Uh, the only other Yankees to do that in franchise history were Babe Ruth and Roger Maris, another pretty good home run hitter. Um, another pretty good home run hitter, and huh? Roger Maris. Wow. The only Yankees ever to have 40 home runs by the end of July Babe Ruth in 1928 and Roger Maris in 1961. Like, I'm not kidding. Every time he hits a home run, it, like, it goes up, what, $2 million, his contract? Like, like you know, this guy hit 60 home runs this year. Like, and, and, and if you're the Yankees, how do you let him walk? They're going to flip out in the Bronx. They already, the Yankee fans are already mad. I know the Yankees pay Garrett Cole, but the Yankees don't spend money like they used to. But here's the other one, though, that uh, Aaron Judge also has eight career home run robberies, including the playoffs. So basically catching a ball over the wall. Only Lorenzo Cain has had more since 2017. So he's got eight. Cain's got, had nine. Man, uh, Cain retired, of course, recently. Hope he's enjoying it. Badass player, Lorenzo Cain. So you talk about Judge, wow, he just hits home runs. Well, I don't know, he's a pretty good fielder, too, evidently. Right? Like, man, that guy's going to make some money. All right, let's get into the UFC here. I'm going to do a video. Last week we went um, Last week we went 6-2, and two, but who cares, right? It's about what are we going to do this week. I like the card sort of better last week than I do this week, but it doesn't mean we're not going to bet still. Uh, on it, the main event is so tough, and man, history tells us, Matias, that Nunes will win. You know what I mean? Like when there's normally when there's a major upset, the first time, like you know what I mean, the second time, the 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 the, the underdog doesn't win again. Most of the time, like yeah, I'm thinking of George St. Pierre. Uh, that was a big one right there. You know, there's just a couple of like this, but at the same point in time. I find the women's game is different. If you'll notice the women's sport, the women's MMA, fighters will be dominant until they're not, bro. 
right? Like, it was unheard of that, you know I mean? It was Cyborg will never lose. Then, you know, Cyborg became normal. Ronda Rousey's the green. Dana White used to talk about Ronda Rousey being able to beat Floyd Mayweather and stuff. Right? Now she can't beat, uh, you know, she, she, she can't beat Charlotte in the WWE. Right? So... You know, it seems like when the women champions lose it, they lose it. So, I, you know, there's not a lot of comeback stories in the women's game, really. Like, it's sort of you're dominant, and then you're not anymore, and someone else is dominant, and then they move on without you. I don't really think Juliana Pena is a dominant fighter. I think, though, you know, she's tough, she's durable, and if she can survive the onslaught of the first round or two, because Nuna's going to look to murder her early, right? It's hard to pick Pena here. What's your pick, Matthias? What are your best bets for the card? Oh, Gabe, I'm going with Amanda Nunes on this, no doubt. Lightning does not uh, hit twice in the same spot. I was at that first fight when Juliana Pena beat Nunes. It was incredible to be uh, to be at a fight like that. But at the same time, you know, if Nunes doesn't hurt Pena early, I, I still think that Nunes wins that fight. I kind of think she gassed herself out once she thought she was going to take that fight easy. And then the fight pretty much laid out perfectly for Pena. Took her down. Nunes was gassed. The fight was over. You know, when a fighter gasses and that adrenaline rush goes, you know, goes over your head and next thing you know, your legs feel like you're in quicksand. Well, that's why I like the... That's why I like the over two and a half. I like the over two and a half tomorrow because I think Pena's can buy time. Look, she's going to try to, Nuna's going to try to kill her early. Like, let's just call it out for what it is, right? We know what she's going to do. Pena's got to get through the, if she can get through two rounds, suddenly she's got a chance again because Nuna's does not have good cardio, right? She just doesn't. Like, she comes out so strong. She's so muscular, it catches up to her. Um, But it's hard to bet against her, man. Like, seriously, it just is. She is the best women's fighter ever. You got to give her that, even though she lost that fight. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know what? I'm, look, I'm looking forward to see Kai Car France beat Brandon Moreno. I think Kai Car France finishes the job this time. No, you're going to lose Moreno. that fight, bro. It's not Unlike their first time. You got Moreno? <laughs> yeah, I think Moreno's going to win. I think France knocks him out. I think it's his time. I think he's going to become interim champion. You know, I, I wouldn't bet against Kai Car France in the last year. He's just a different type of pit bull. You know, his power is right there. His timing is right there. He knocked down Moreno twice in the first fight. I think this time he finishes the job. And I like Derek Lewis. I think Derek Lewis is going to have a great fight in Texas for the first time in a long time. He usually loses at home in Texas. But this time, I don't think that he feels any pressure to win. I think he has a big knockout coming his way. Well, he's. Uh, I, I like Lewis as an underdog here. The fact that he's an underdog... Um, I think people are being a little bit too he is 37 but a heavyweight division you can last when you're older I think people might be being a little too critical of Lewis considering he is 5-2 and two in his last 7 fights um, fighting in Texas he is from Houston this was in Dallas um, so there's a little bit of a dynamic uh, there but I do think he's a live dog listen in a heavyweight fight if you can make a strong if you can make a case for the dog you take the dog right but listen, I, you know, Cara France is dangerous. Cara France is dangerous. I get it. But I think Moreno, as long as he's not too reckless, can grind his way through and not get knocked out. Panto- uh, Pantoja is going to win, too. Pantoja is going to win. More best bets on the way out on the other side. This is Sports Rage. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a, uh, here's a uh, overnight F1 pick for you here. I was going to give you a couple of race picks, but let's go. And I hate betting against my guy. I'm a Red Bull racing fan. But it's not just about being a fan. It's about winning money here. Let's go with uh, Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc right now. Fastest qualifier. I'm seeing the odds here. It's nice odds I'm getting here. Plus 175. Fastest. uh, Oh, it's fastest qualifier and win race. It's an odds boost. It was a trick. (laughs) I'm like, plus 175 practice? I'm like, sign me up. It was a trick. God. They tricked me. I'm looking at the odds boost here. It was a trick. Uh, Let me get off the boost here. Uh, All right. Let me. What is is the. uh, All right. What is the. Fastest qualifying. Uh, fastest qualifier. All right, it's minus 125. Take it. It's minus 125. All right, I was like 175. All right, an odds boost. Uh, but no, it's the winner race, too. So just Charles Leclerc, 125, Hungarian Grand Prix fat qualifier. This is at 7 in the morning Eastern time, 4 in the morning West Coast time. So uh, Charles Leclerc for uh, Ferrari. And in fact, here, I got a bold prediction for this race for you. And you know what? The odds change, right, with the qualifications and stuff. But they usually don't change too much because the practice is usually pretty, you know, it's pretty close. But you can get Lando Norris. Lando. Lando Norris at plus 400 to make the podium. All right? So this, I think this is how this race plays out. I think that it's going to be Charles Leclerc one, Max Verstappen two, Lando Norris three. Lando Norris plus 400, podium finish. Somewhat of a bold pick. Um, somewhat, you know what I mean? But sometimes you got to roll the dice, man. Can't just always like, oh, lay the juice here, lay the juice there, right? You, sometimes you got to roll the dice. And uh, we're going to roll the dice with Lando Norris, plus 400, podium finish. Charles Leclerc wins the race. And I'm not even going to bet Verstappen. You can bet uh, F1, like, first place, second place. Like, it's split in two. I'm going to bet Leclerc to win the race. I'm going to take Verstappen, 1-2, and hope that it finishes 1-2 like that. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.